Mass incarceration in the U.S. is the great tsunami that has ripped apart families and destroyed communities. At the epicenter of this destruction are the children of those incarcerated. My name is Ebony Underwood. I am the founder CEO of We Got Us Now. We Got Us Now is the first of its kind, national, nonprofit, nonpartisan organization built by, led by, and about children and young adults who have been impacted by parental incarceration. These are our stories. This is Ebony Underwood. I'm here with Antoine and JJ. They are the founders, a daughter and father of Photopatch app. And they created this incredible app to keep families connected, families who are incarcerated connected. So what we got us now with our podcast, um, what we like to do is always come up with a word of the day. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, what's the word of the day for us? There's so many words to describe you guys because it reminds me so much of me and my dad. And so I say the word of the day for us is two words. is technology and connection. I want to get into, um, you know, how you how you founded this, like where where this all came from, where this wonderful idea came from. And then I want you to just explain what it is. Well, first, you know what? Explain what it is. Right. What is the app? Because they created an app together. Right. So what is the app? So PhotoPatch is it's an app that allows kids to communicate with their mom or dad who's in prison. So we've seen this big gap where it's, it's hard for children to use postal mail to communicate with their mom or dad in prison. And that's how most prisons are ran. Most prisons, you either, um, you need to know how to use the postal service, which means send letters, get stamps, get envelopes, and ship those off uh, to the mom or dad who's in prison. Now just imagine for a three-year-old or four-year-old or five-year-old, even a, a 12-year-old, that's, that's really difficult to do because we live in this generation now where everything is internet-based, um, fast communication through text and email and social media. So um, that's what our goal was, was to kind of like bring prison communication up to date. Uh, how do we bring communication up to date is by creating a software that makes it easier for, for loved ones to connect with their incarcerated uh, parents. So that's incredible. And then you incorporated your daughter in it. Let's talk about like how you even got into this. Your father already is like this coder and he's into this digital stuff. So like, how did you get into this work? I always used to be coding and I used to be like, I never seen anything like it before. So I'm just like, what is that? So I just always be next to him trying to figure out what he's doing. And then he taught me. So I learned how to code and then I just took the initiative to build the app because I'm like, I know how to do it, so let's see if I can put my skills to the test, and it worked out. That is so inspiring for so many young people. I mean, so many young people, like just across the world, that is so inspiring. Definitely. And then the, the the fact that you all are doing like meaningful work. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna create a fun app, like a game. No, it's like really meaningful. So I wanna talk about like, what made you say, I wanna create an app for children to stay connected to their parents. What was it? Because I just knew how hard it was for me to be able to send letters to my dad and how sometimes like I didn't even want to do it because I was too busy having fun or like too busy somewhere that I couldn't just sit down and write a letter because I was busy. So just like, well now that kids are more on digital and phones and tablets and computers, it's like, okay, well why not make an app that allows them anywhere they want to take pictures or send a letter, they can. They don't have to worry about sitting down, writing the letter, printing out photos. It's all right there. Like you just 
get it from your phone and send it to your parent and it's so much easier oh my god you know you're like an entrepreneur right <laughs> <laughs> you're like an entrepreneur at like what age 13 years 13. old 13 year old entrepreneur that took an experience you took a negative and completely turned it positive and are not only helping you know people in your community but across the cut across the world yes. like that is incredible that's incredible so so you said you created this because you knew what it felt like yes. i want you guys to now go into like that whole experience like what what happened like how old were you what happened i was three when he went to prison and at the time i didn't really know what was happening i didn't know that i didn't even know what prison was so it's just like i don't even know what age my mom told me but I just remember like I knew and it just, to be honest, like it never had me sad. I was never sad to have my father in prison or it never like, I never cried about it or anything. I always stayed positive. Like whenever I wrote him letters, I just made sure it was positive, told him I just can't wait to see him. I miss him and just like told him to stay positive. But wow. you know, to be optimistic, not pessimistic because it's like, that's not gonna help with anything. So I never, it never brought me down at all. So did you get to visit him? Yeah. The visitation was hard because when you're in New York State and any prison, really, they move the prisoners wherever they want, right? So back in 2008, I went to prison for criminal possession of a weapon, pretty much having an illegal gun. And uh, in New York State, they're pretty tough on gun laws, so they can pick any number between three and a half and 15. The number they picked for me was eight. So uh, it's crazy because I go upstate now, I was in a county jail, which was local, and I can see my family like on a weekly basis. When they move you to a state facility now, it's 100 miles away or 300 miles away. You just never know. Uh, I'm from Buffalo, New York, and they can easily move you to a prison that's like close to New York City. So that's a five, six hour ride for a family member. Um, so that was kind of like kind of the root of why we wanted to create photo patches because communication was really hard. I knew it was hard for my family to bring her up there as much as they wanted to. And I think it took three years for us to have our first visit. Are you serious? Yeah, she was three when I, when I went to prison, and I didn't see her till she was six. Wait, wait. So where were where was she versus where were you? Yeah, I was in uh, initially Elmira Elmira State Facility, and she was in Buffalo, New York. So that's already a two and a half hour ride, three hour ride. And then because I was in this college program, which was um, a benefit. But at the same time, the sacrifice was we need to move you to a new facility. And this new facility is now six hours away from where you live. That was a tough decision for me. Do I pursue higher education and get less visits? And, um, or do I kind of try to get closer to home, try to get to where I'm an hour away from home, opposed to three hours or six hours? And after talking with my family and just thinking it over, I took the, took the risk and was like, I think it's going to be worth pursuing this degree. And who knows what's going to come from it. But I need to make sure I go home and be a provider. So, yeah, took that risk. They moved me further away, and luckily some family members would still try to get her to come see me uh, when they, whenever they can make the trip. And it was cool. Like, she even made it to my graduation. Like, I graduated inside a prison from his college program. It was a, it was a accredited college, and, like, we got degrees, associate degrees in liberal arts. They were given bachelor degrees in, in philosophy and history, all kind of cool stuff. And so for her to come see me at this graduation and I gave a valedictorian speech was everything to me. I dedicated it to her and just talked about uh, redemption and like how this new fire was lit inside of me. I came from Buffalo, which is the third poorest city in the nation. And there's a, you know, a lot of poverty, a lot of oppression and not much opportunity. So it was pretty much like I did what I saw around me. However, I seen people making ends meet. That's what I did. 
even though I tried to like stay in school, I, I stayed with a side job, but it wasn't enough. How how old were you when you were incarcerated? I went to prison at 20. So I was pretty young. I wasn't even, yeah, I wasn't even <laughs> an adult. So you had her at 17? Yes. Oh, so you was a teenager, man. Yes, yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, just a lack of guidance. And that's why I'm such a hands-on father now, is that because I didn't feel like I had any, like a hands-on parent or mentor. Not that my parents weren't there. It's just, you know, we do what we know. Even our parents, you know, our grandparents. And it's... It's a cycle going on. There's a big cycle going on as far as like a lack of responsibility, uh, what parenting really means. And I don't blame my parents. I just know that they weren't taught everything that they could have been taught. They weren't handed the right tools. Um, you know, we live in America, this rat race and everything is about how to get money and make ends meet. So I don't, I never blame my parents for what happened to me. You know, I just, now I educate myself and now I make sure my, my, my children are going to be ready and prepared for this work. So then I, I say to you, so what about the tools to know, like, okay, you know what, at 17 years old, now 20, you have a, a, a daughter, right? And then you get locked up yeah. and now you're away for eight years. Yeah. And so you say, you know what, I'm incarcerated. I'm going to make a decision to now better my life mm -hmm. because, and I'm going to take this chance and I know that it's going to potentially, you know, hurt the connection that we right. have right now, right? So how, how, because PhotoPatch app is a way to stay connected. Yeah. So there was obviously some sort of disconnect happening. Talk about that, like right. what was that? Yeah, it was, it was tough. So JJ was send me letters, like she said, and they were always filled with positivity. She would send me pictures, always smiling. And like those made my day when I would get it. Mm -hmm. And I would write her back and I would wait three months, four months, five months for a response. Wow. Not that she didn't write it, she needed someone to help her send it out. So this is when my mind started to trigger like, hey, we need a we need a better way. There needs to be a more efficient way. So I just so happened to be in this um, college program and they just so happened to bring a course on web development, on software development. I had just started reading this article in the USA Today about apps and this was in 2010 and there was this big craze going on about apps now i went to prison in 2008 the first iphone had just came out so i knew nothing about apps and iphones like you notice it was i missed that whole little wave so what attracted you to that so yeah talk about that yeah i'm sitting in the cell and i'm reading this article in the usa today and it's talking about uh how people are making like millions and billions of dollars off of tech, off of building apps. You build one app and you can sell it to a thousand people, you can sell it to a million people. And I'm like, this is way better than the lifestyle I used to live, selling weed on a corner or in a house. This looks like a great alternative. Um, you just have to come up with a great idea. And um, so immediately I started thinking of different ideas, right? I'm writing them down. And the one that really stuck with me was like, I noticed that we need to solve a problem. Those are the best apps, the ones that solve problems. And I was like, like you said, connection. Like, the, why is it so hard for me to get letters from my daughter? Mm -hmm. This prison snail mail thing is is really outdated. We need to update it. Like somehow, some way, we need to really bring this into like the modern era of what technology is headed towards. So um, uh, I learned that you need to know how to code in order to build this app. <laughs> and I was like, oh, coding, mind you, I had just turned down the, the web development course. I didn't even take the course when they brought it. I said, no, nah, this isn't for me. Like, that's for geniuses. Only geniuses can learn how to code. Wow. So I totally shot it down. Once I started reading an article in the USA Today, I went back and asked if I can um, take the course. And it was too late. It's two months into the semester. They're like, no, nah, I'm sorry, you can't take it. Yeah. Maybe next time. But I was so eager 
that I took a book back to the cell and started teaching myself how to code. And that's like kind of what sparked everything. Like that's where it all goes from. So I um, started fleshing out the idea, working on a business plan. I reached out to my, um, my cousin Greg and was like, hey, what do you think about this idea? You think this is something we could pursue? And he was down for it. I also had a friend who was um, locked up with me named Craig. He had a daughter who was incarcerated. So like we used our experiences. I mean, excuse me, he, he had a daughter and he was incarcerated. So we used our experiences to figure out like, how can we make this app really good? And it was funny because even though I started off thinking like, how do we make money off of this? Once we thought about it more, we turned it into a nonprofit. We was like, let's just make this a, a nonprofit organization and make it totally free for kids. Why will we charge kids to send pictures and letters to their mom and I dad? I know. I remember you telling me when on one of our first conversations, like Ebony, it was it was because of what I saw around me. Like so many fathers mm -hmm. were not able to connect to their children. Right. So I mean, speak to that. Like, what what made you say, okay, this is the thing? Because like I seen what communication was doing. Like me and my daughter, we weren't communicating as much as I wanted to, but it still was better than most people. And I seen the benefit it had on our relationship. Like she still was bright and jolly and she couldn't wait for me to get home. Whereas some people, they didn't have that relationship with their daughter or their son. So when they called home and talked to the child, it was a distant conversation. You know, it was like you can, they weren't, it wasn't, it wasn't the same as when they were free or whatever like that. So I was like, the problem is they're not getting enough communication. So uh, we just started fleshing out the idea. I started learning how to code, taught myself how to build websites. Um, eventually I hit like this ceiling where I, I didn't know how to build apps. So I went to a guy who was in prison and he was in prison for like 15 years. He knew how to code before he went to prison though. He had already learned. So I was like, hey, can you teach me everything you know? And he was like, um, sure, as long as you are committed to paying it for it. As long as you're willing to pay it for it and teach other people, I'll teach you. And he did. He taught me everything he knew, set me down. Like every day we would sit down and just go over different things. If I had problems, I could bring it to him. So from 2010 to 2014, pretty much 2015, because I was released in, in November 2014, that's all I did. I just was coding, 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 coding. But how were you actually able to see if it was like working? Like how did yeah. you know if the actual apps, did they have like computers in the prison? The college program did. So the prison itself didn't, but this private college, which was funded by people who give grants, uh, they would donate money to them and then they used that money to bring us in teachers, to bring us in different software resources, to bring in computers. So we had a computer lab in the in the jail. Wow. So all of this was inside the prison. We didn't have internet. So we didn't have internet, but they would bring in resources. They would bring in different stuff. And so yeah, nine hours a day I was coding. How many people were in the class? Um, so they have a thing going on where every year they accept 15 people. And, which sucks because there's a, like 1,200 people in a facility, 1,500 people in a facility, but only 12, 15 can get in per year. So I was lucky enough to be one of those people. I wrote an essay, passed the application process, and I got in. Um, so at any given time, there was between, let's say, 40 and 50 people because, you know, some people graduate, some people leave prison, but that's how many people are usually in there. Um, so yeah, it was it was a crazy environment, but most people were just taking the liberal arts classes. They were just taking like the writing, um, poetry, math classes, and but then they started bringing more coding classes. But at that point, I had I was already self-taught and I had a mentor, so I ended up being like a teacher's assistant teaching other people, or I was holding classes teaching people how to code. That is not the average story, of course. Right. And that's just a testament of taking a negative situation again and mm -hmm. turning it into a positive. And you guys both did that. Like, right. 
in, in completely different spheres on completely different ends. You yeah. all both actually did that. So it's a testament to who you are to see that your daughter similarly was like, I'm gonna create an app and I'm gonna do something positive with it. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's so important to me, especially in this work around just trying to raise awareness about this issue. So many kids, un, unlike you, so many kids really do feel a lot of shame and stigma. There's over 10 million people in the US who have been impacted by parental incarceration. But it's a testament, you have two parents and they were both very supportive and made sure that you had a lot of love so that you never felt you know, shame or stigma, sadness. And I think it's just a testament to who you are, your spirit. Yeah, shout out to Regina for real, her mom. She oh. definitely always, always like, she she did not try to hinder our relationship at all, and you know that happens a lot. Right. There there is a lot of you know bad blood between mom and dad sometimes, and it affects the child. That is such a big big problem, yes. and me too. My mom was very very you know supportive of mm -hmm. our father's relationship. They were separated, but she was still very supportive of our relationship. Mm -hmm. So I I just think that you. Being in this situation and saying, you know what, I see that this is a problem. I want to be able to do something positive with my life so that I can support my daughter, I can support my wife, and I can support my family when I come home. And you actually did it. So talk about the process of like actually coming home and then what that looks like. But yeah, so I come home November 18, 2014, and literally we, I built a website in prison. So I'm like, hey, I'm gonna get the, that hard part done, and when I come home, we can just launch. My partner Greg and I say, hey, look, January, we're gonna hit the ground running. December 31st, New Year's, we're sitting at, at my table doing a 501c3 paperwork, trying to become a nonprofit. So that's how dedicated we were to it. Like when the ball dropped, we were doing paperwork, that long IRS paperwork to become a 501c3. I just like, I never forget that. That was crazy. And it paid off. Like by April, that they responded. And that's when we went, like they said, hey, you're a 501c3 now. Congratulations. You can accept donations. Um, so that's when we launched in April 2015. And, uh, JJ, like she moved down to Florida because that's where, where I was located at in July, that summer after school was over. Okay. So her and her mom moved down and they joined the team. They got they got on board and they started helping us out. Yeah. Wait, so how old is Jay? How old are you? How old is she at this point? She was um, nine when I came home. She was oh. nine years old. I didn't I didn't even want to keep it from her, but at the same time, I didn't want to force her to work with Photo Patch. Did you come home early? So I got a year off just for good time, and then for completing the college program, I got six months off. Okay, I gotta go back for a second. Yeah, yeah. There are so many challenges. I mean, my father's in federal prison. I know it's different than state, mm -hmm. but state prison is, is not the easiest space right. either. Mm -hmm. So how did you remain focused and, and positive? Because, you know, even, you know, I don't know who's going to hear this, mm -hmm. but potentially maybe someday they may have, right. especially with people like you all, right. they may have like, you know, yeah, access right. to podcasts and be able to listen to like, what there's so many challenges that I know of personally, just from my dad explaining to me just the everyday struggle of staying positive and trying to stay out of trouble while incarcerated. What kept you positive? Like, yeah. how did you steer from like the madness that is prison because I mean, it's a very positive story, but you know, there's real, I'm, I'm, you were there. Yeah. Like real tough, like circumstances, being in a state prison in yeah. New York state. Yeah, like, yeah, talk about that. Um, it's two things I, I, that come to mind first. One is meditation. 
I think that kept me calm. Like, you know, like my mind, my thoughts, I, I got to put that first. Prayer, you know, it's like anything spiritual, I have to put that first. I made sure my soul, my spirit stayed intact. I was journaling, writing down everything. And the more you get inside of your head, I started seeing and I was like, I'm reading a lot. And I started learning about Buddhism and I was like, I should try it. Like maybe this meditation stuff works. And yeah, to this day, I, I make sure I get me 10 minutes of meditation every single day. It, it makes a heck of a difference. Wow. Right. Yeah. Gems like that need to be shared far and wide Definitely. because I am a huge proponent of supporting that healing work. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to heal, not only as a community of black and brown people, right, yeah. and everyone, mm -hmm. right, we have to get to those wounds. Like you did that work for, it sounds like you did yes. that work first. I wrote a book, it's called Cages to Stages. Oh. And most people immediately think I'm talking about the physical cages I was in. I was like, no, you can read this book too if you never went to prison. Cause my first cage I was in was my mental cage. Mm. The way I used to think, you know, the way I used to block off my emotions. Mm. Like those are cages in themselves. And that's what most people like, like we all have cages in some way, some shape, and you need to figure out what they are and break out of them, like unlock those cages. So you're right, that was the first, first step was figuring out how do I better myself? And a big thing that came to mind throughout all of that, which is the second thing I would mention is, um, you know, I do it for my last name. You know, you ever heard that? I do it for my last name, not my first name. And that was a big thing, like redemption, coming home and showing my family like, yeah, I, went to, you know, I was the first person who went to prison for so long in my family. Mm. So to me, like I made history in a negative way. Like I was like, this is, this is crazy. Like what are people saying about me inside of the family? Mm -hmm. So my goal was just to come home and just like outshine that, like, the negative past. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when they see what I'm doing now, they like, wow he went to prison i don't even believe it right. you know like i don't even <laughs> i don't even see that so that was like a big big driving factor so then that to me is like the key of yeah. you doing your self-preservation and saying wait a minute let me look deep inside mm -hmm. do my self-healing to heal whatever wounds i have mm -hmm. and then take the next step to say okay you know what i'm gonna do something really positive yeah. with my life yeah. and this this is the avenue you and your family members you guys get the 501c3 and like what happens? Um, we just we just start raising awareness. We start telling everybody about what we're doing. And it's all it's something so new. People will be like, what? Say that again. You send like letters to prison. Does the person inside need to have an app? And we have to tell them like, no, nobody needs an app inside. We get the photos. We print it out. We package it. We mail it to the prison for you. Mm -hmm. So the word started spreading. We started partnering with like Boys and Girls Clubs and other nonprofits. Uh, we got us now, you know, we started partnering with other organizations. But what was really crazy was when uh, JJ, like I said, she was like, she wanted to be on the front line with me. She's like, hey, I want to do these events. You know, I want to do something. How can I help out? And then she said, hey, I want to learn how to code. So this whole time we're running an organization. We just had just a website. Right. We never got around to building an app out, just the website. But the website is cool, right? It, it works from your phone. It, we can still make it work. But JJ was like, we need an app. We really need an app, okay? Wow. So I was like, all right, we need an app. Go work on it, girl. <laughs> and she did. She started in like November 2017, and it was done by February 2018. So within four so months. So did you help at all? Or were you like, wait, I want to see if you're really serious about this? Honestly, I just wanted to be a project. I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't tell the team. I never said like, hey, we're, we're working on an app. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. It was it was kind of a way to say, leave me alone, JJ, I'm working. Oh, okay. <laughs>
<laughs> you know? And when we seen it, it was like, this is crazy. You know what? This is about to be the new headline. 12-year-old builds an app. Yes. And it just, since then, like, the momentum has been nonstop. Ah, <laughs> I understand. You know? was- right. Okay, so let's segue to JJ. Yeah. JJ, what made you say, okay, we need to build that just knew like it was time because like everybody are using apps everybody are on their phone all the time non-stop kids like it's like to the point you see like five-year-old little kids with an iphone it's like well what do you need it for okay so how about you use it in a way that you may need to use it and there's a lot of kids 2.7 million children who have a parent in prison so it's like obviously a lot of those people a lot of those children who have a phone can use our app and like in some way to use it to send to their loved one or to one of their parents in prison so it's like let's make it more convenient for them i have a question how many kids have been able to use this app do you all know how many kids have been able to use this app now we're about twenty-two thousand downloads for the app so far the app was launched a year ago in april i think we made it live And we're going to do some big things with this upcoming Mother's Day and Father's Day. So, yes, I'm very, very excited. That segues to to back to you wanting to produce this incredible app. And then me hearing, you know, your dad talk about the fact that you're like, no, dad, like, I really want to take this on and be this person that helps other young people. So I I want you to talk about this. Like, why did you say I want to help the young the young people that are going through this it starts with them like because like children like he said like just do what they see like he he did that when he was younger too he did what he saw because that's just what was around him and that's what all children are going to do they are quick to mimic anything so whatever they see that they see right now is like they're going to do that and them seeing whatever pr- parent they have in prison they may follow into those steps and we want to make sure they don't do that because we want to stop the intergeneral incarceration we want to make sure that they don't go into prison like their parents did because they don't have to so we try to make sure that it stops so we got to start with the youth first that's so right that's so right so I, I want you to know though this is a uh, uh one of the main myths that we want to debunk is that children of incarcerated parents end up in prison because their parent is in prison. That's not true. They don't end up in prison because their parent is in prison. They end up in prison because of the economic disadvantages that occurs when you take a parent out of the home. But what, why I share that with you is that you are teaching kids how to be independent like you. Now with digital and technology, you're not only teaching them, people that have actually had your experience of having a parent incarcerated, but you're empowering them. So we got us now, we work from four core principles to engage, to educate, to elevate, and to empower. And Photo Patch app, this app that you created as a daughter that had a parent that was incarcerated, you are doing those things. So I applaud you because you literally are living, you are living what what I designed We Got Us Now for, right? You know, to engage this, for, for most people, they don't have your experience. It's not positive, it's really negative. But you are such an inspiration so that your story can help them want to engage and be a part of We Got Us Now. Your story can can help them to educate themselves, right? Learning about you can ultimately help them say, maybe I want to be like JJ too. And that right there can elevate other young people and then empower them to be possibly potentially be 
an entrepreneur just like you. So I, I just, again, I just really like applaud. I love your, I love, I've never had to, you know, I talk to your father all the time, but I've been dying to speak to you because I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this is such an incredible, incredible young lady. People like to say, oh, you know, children with incarcerated parents are victims. We, we have been a very invisible population, but we're not victims. We're survivors and you survived. Like you said, the words that you use were really powerful. You completely turned the negative into a positive. You were optimistic as opposed to being pessimistic. And that is so powerful, JJ. That is so powerful. And you're gonna be an inspiration for so many people. I feel it in my spirit. Talk about like now, like how, how, how are you feeling? What are you thinking? We got so much love and like so much positive feedback from it. Like it just was like, boom, it just hit us and it's still going. Like we thought like after a couple of weeks, it would be like, okay, but like, we hit like a million views, then it was like, okay. But then the next week it was two, and then the next week it was three. So it was like, all right. And then people are still donating. So it's just so crazy, like the amazing feedback we got from it. And it's just like, that's what we want to do. We want to impact people and help them help our cause as well, because like, we have to do this. What do you want to do? Well, I don't have to say what do you want to do when you grow up, because you're already <laughs> entrepreneur. But what do you see for your future? Like, how, how do you want to take things to the next level? What do you see for yourself? I just want to be an inspiration. I just want to inspire not only the youth, but adults as well to just do better in life and just always be positive about things. Because, I mean, obviously, you can always turn a negative situation into a positive situation. Like, continuing to be negative about something is not going to help whatsoever. Like. I've never heard of a situation where somebody was negative and then been more negative and helped out. No, it doesn't work like that. So always being optimistic can like solve a lot of problems. Do you meditate too? Sometimes. <laughs> he just wakes up too early. So <laughs> Again, I just applaud you guys. I, w I want you to talk about, you know, what, of course, we're going to do the Mother's Day, Father's right. Day. Um, campaign coming up and last year we did it and it was very successful and so we're so happy that we were able to partner with you guys yeah that was really cool so so now we we're saying like we, we want to do for Mother's Day and Father's Day this year right mm -hmm. and so um, I want to also talk about you know what other things you have coming up and you know what other things that you know you want the people to know about please just do share right um, you brought up a really good point earlier about like like why kids end up going to prison because like the economic situation so what we launched was this campaign called 2020 by 2020 where we're trying to offer an alternative to incarceration right coding like it helped us it saved the heck out of our lives why can't it do the same thing for other people so we're trying to teach 2020 adults how to code by 2020 and jj's trying to teach 2020 kids how to code by 2020. so right now we have online courses teaching people how to code jj teaches every wednesday i teach every tuesday but um we even have a free course to get people started and but that's the, the main reason why is just because it's so empowering like learning how to use technology in the era that we live in today is like it's it's one of the most relevant skills you can have it's really super crucial and we're not forcing everybody to become a coder we're just saying learn enough about it get involved in the tech like understand how it all works and unfortunately it's not making its way as fast into urban communities where we come from and i love what you represent we got us now like we have to own it we don't we don't have to wait for the public schools to come and say we're going to start teaching people how to code no, we're going to, us, me, JJ, the rest of our team, we're going to go into these hoods and we're going to teach people how to code. And that's what we're focusing on. It's like offering alternatives to um, 
economic depression, you know. So that's our focus right now is like, how do we get more kids involved with this? How do we get them excited about technology? And instead of just using your phone for four, five, six hours a day on YouTube or playing games, how do you become productive? Like, how do you make that phone pr something productive in your hands? And uh, it's, it's working. Does it seem overwhelming for people or are they just like open? So, so people are intimidated at first, but that's why we created a free course for people just to try it. They just try it out. Like if you if you like this free course, then yeah, we have another course, which is still nothing. It's forty bucks a month. We're not like a college ch charging people eighty thousand dollars for a degree, a hundred thousand dollars. No, we we know under, we understand our people's situation. Um, the main reason for the money is accountability. We know when people pay for something, they're more likely to be committed to it. Um, but yeah, so people start off intimidated, just like I was intimidated at first. I told you, I said, "This is for geniuses. Keep it away from me." But once you try it and you see, like you, you demyth it, like you debunk what's happened, like what they told you is all ones and zeros, you need a bunch of math, it's not true. None of that is true. Once you get into it, uh, you'll learn. You'll learn how quick you can pick these the skills up. So it's really just about us, like it's raising awareness and um, about how tangible it is to, to gain the skill set. That's what it is. I think a lot of people are just like, oh my God, coding, that's like this scientific skill that I need as a computer scientist and I won't get it but you are completely debunking that and making it and normalizing it making it like seem fun even you guys like make it seem like fun like I want to try it because look at them they are they seem so excited about this we need to do something like this so wait where can people find out more about this or how to sign up or be a part or have the free trial where where do they go um, on the website is called unlock academy so you just go to unlock.academy not .com, just unlock.academy, or just Google Unlock Academy, and um, you'll be able to find you'll find everything you need. It's a really simple website. The videos are there for you to get started, start watching. We have homework assignments for you, challenging, like, fun little games you could play on about coding and programming. Okay. We try to keep everything super simple. We, we talk regular. Like, we don't try to get all high and mighty and <laughs> use a bunch of jargon. We want people to see that you can learn this without being some nerd wearing a bunch of glasses and like you know like little shorts and stuff like no so if i learn how to code like how do i then apply that i then have to come up like you did with like a, a innovative idea possibly. to apply it right possibly that's one idea that's for the entrepreneurs okay. everyone is an entrepreneur we get that okay. we we try to push that but if not you can go and get a job like programmers make a lot of money without you don't need a degree right okay. i do not have a degree in computer science and have worked at multiple tech companies really and how much money are you saying people could make you can start at $50,000 a year. You can make up to $200,000 a year. Wow. Yes. Based on where you live in, you live in California, you can make some great money. But still, living in Buffalo, New York, like minimum 40, 50K a year. Minimum. Like that's a minimum starting off. And you can get to that after like a year of studying, just learning it yourself. Wow. Yeah. Jobs don't care about degrees like anymore. And now it's about what can you do? They want to know like what can you do? So you, you show them your resume, you show a little portfolio and you can get that job. And that's what we're doing. Like after we teach you how to code, we help you build a portfolio. We help you build a resume. Okay. You know, we, we help you get internships. Oh, okay. So how many people you have working on your team? Um, it's, a, it's a small team, it's about, about six of us. But that's incredible. So not only do you teach them how to code, but then you give them the tools in which to better apply, to now apply those skills. Yeah, that's what people need because they then, even with the coding, it's like, okay, so now what do I do with this degree? So the fact that, again, you guys are a true testament of what We Got Us Now is all about. Like literally being accountable for our circumstances, right? Being accountable for ourselves first so that then we can then 
engage, educate, elevate, and empower others. So, Ray, Ray, plug Photo Patch too. I want to make sure that people know yeah, that you can patch. at any given time because we're going to continue to do, and you guys already do things where people, please talk about what, you know, what they can do. What's Photo Patch? Yeah, to, to reach Photo Patch, we have the app, so you can just download Photo Patch from um, the app stores, any app store, and then also photopatch.org. Okay. So, yeah, you can go and learn more information. Um, you can see our interview on Steve Harvey. You can upload photos to your mom or dad. So photos, yes. postcards, yes. and letters. And if you don't have a loved one incarcerated, you can always donate because it literally takes every $5 that gets donated helps two kids send letters and, and photos to their mom or dad in prison. It's, it's like so cheap mail, right? So to help somebody else, to help this, con this connection, less than five bucks. That's okay, crazy. so that's the heat coming on finally. <laughs> it's making a ton of noise. <laughs> so I'm going to stop. But I want to thank you both for being here so much. This was so incredible. I'm so Our 2020 update on Anton Digital and JJ Digital is that they have now founded the Unlock.Academy. Unlock.Academy is making it easier than ever to learn how to code and launch a career or a business in the tech space. This father-daughter duo is doing phenomenal things. Everyone, please go to Unlock.Academy to learn more. Mass incarceration in the U.S. is the great tsunami that has ripped apart families and destroyed communities. At the epicenter of this destruction are the children of those incarcerated. My name is Ebony Underwood. I am the founder CEO of We Got Us Now. We Got Us Now is the first of its kind, national, nonprofit, nonpartisan organization built by, led by, and about children and young adults who have been impacted by parental incarceration. To learn more, to join, to donate, go to wegotusnow.org.